able to help uh, uh, Caleb and Taylor yesterday get off. And but there's some things after the wedding, and people were giving advice, and I was looking around the room and. I was wondering how many people really meant what they were saying. Uh, and uh, it's one thing to say something, but it's another thing to be something. And, and I just got this thought in my mind, and, and I, if I wished I could have given them all this information before they left. But anyway, in Song of Solomon, chapter number five, uh, as you read uh, this verse of scripture, I want you to see some things. It's talking about how a spouse felt toward another and uh, said now his mouth is most sweet yea he is altogether lovely this is my beloved and this is my friend O daughters of, Jeruz of Jerusalem <clears throat> now <clears throat> how can I keep the honey in the honeymoon the other day when I, I went over had to do uh, had to take uh, get a shot in my back and uh, and I was talking to uh, and I was, huh? Oh, excuse me. How to keep honey in the honeymoon? Huh? Now I thought that you couldn't, I couldn't hear something. But anyway, uh, I was talking. This uh, this nurse was in there, and she uh, she was just trying to be friendly. And she said, uh, I "said uh, How long you been married?" <clears throat> and I said, "57 years." And she said, "What?" And I said, "57 years." And I guess she thought I was a teenager. But anyway, she wondered how I hadn't been married that long. But Anyhow, uh, she said, that, that, that's unusual, isn't it? And uh, I just told her, I said, listen, about marriage, I said, it's, uh, it, you have to work at it. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And because we are different individuals, men think different than women. Uh, you could take a man, he could go lay out there in the backyard, and, and some of them go hunting away for a week or so, and don't take baths and all that sort of thing. But ladies are just not like that. And I just want to share some thoughts with you tonight. The Bible said, except the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that builds it. And I heard several people say, well, you know, let, put the Lord first in your life. Put the Lord first in your life. But then I looked around and wondered, well, they, they have advice, but they're not taking their own advice. And so I just want to share some thoughts with you this, tonight on, on this thing of, of, of marriage, keeping the honey in the honeymoon. And uh, that can be done. I don't care how long you've been married, it's, but it's going to take work. It's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take closeness. And some of these things I want to share with you tonight, that, that was not in my early uh, marriage. That wasn't really part of my lifestyle, if you want to call it that. And I had to learn by, by trial and error, more, more error than trial. But I think that tonight, if you take heed to what I say, is that, uh, that you can understand something that uh, God has intended for us to have one wife for, one, for a lifetime or one husband for a lifetime, but there's some things we're going to have to understand to do that. And if you're writing these down, if you're writing these down, it has to be a commitment to sacrifice. And, uh, and then the second thing, commitment to closeness. And this doesn't happen uh, by accident. It only happens on purpose and and uh, I want to say this tonight, and I mean this, and I've told my wife this just here recently. I was going through some bad times, and I told her that not only that I love her, but she was my best friend. And, and I, I, I mean that tonight. 
she is my best friend apart from uh, the, the Lord. Uh, she, I'm, she's close, a close friend to me. Not only is she my wife, but she is my friend. And when I saw this in the book of Solomon, it said, now this is my beloved. And then it said, and this is my friend. It's one thing to say, well, I love somebody, but it's another thing to be able to say that person is my best friend. And so I, well, I have a close, we have a close relationship with one another as, as believers in Christ, especially this, but I'm finding out that, that it looks like now that the, the uh, saved is, is going through just the same thing as the unsaved as far as marriage is concerned. And there are some things that, that I believe that's a, a, a problem here. And, uh, I, I, you know, you talk to some folks and uh, they say something like, well, you know, uh, my wife ha is closer to her mom than she is to me, or vice versa. She's closer to a girlfriend than she is to me, and she cares more about the children than she does of me. You know, the Bible says that the, the wives said, teach them to love their husbands. And, uh, and, and you see, a lot of times uh, when we have children, it can cause a problem. And the Bible doesn't say husbands love your children. Of course, that ought to be natural, but it says husbands love your wives. And so we have to understand uh, that there's no relationship that God says that the two shall be one flesh. And, uh, and, and there's something about when yesterday at Caleb's wedding, I mean, I've had weddings before, but, and even with my grandchildren, I've married some of my grandchildren, but just something about giving him away. And, uh, but I'm just going to say this, that uh, uh, I know one thing, when I talked to him and I gave him some advice, I told Bubba and Kelsey the same thing. I said, uh, you know, the Bible said, except the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that builds it. And uh, it's a continuous thing. It's not just a one-shot deal. Marriage is, is something that, uh, that if you have to make a commitment, and uh, because my wife and I came from a broken home, uh, that was one of the commitments that we made, uh, that uh, we never wanted our children to have to have a one-parent home. And, uh, and of course, even after uh, you get saved, we have to be very careful because I was ignorant. I was, uh, I was I saved when I was 25 years old. And, uh, but you know, I, 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 I couldn't say what I'm saying tonight because uh, you know, my actions were, were spoke louder than my words, and there was things that I did back in those days. I wish I could have turned it around and do it different. And I've often said I don't think people should get married till they're about 45 or 50. They don't have enough sense to do it before that, and then they should never have children till they're about 70, because uh, then uh, we, you know, then we know how to raise children. And the little things that get on our nerves. Uh, it wouldn't do that anymore, and, uh, and, and my children has told me many times uh, when I allow my grandchildren to do things, they say, well, if we would have did that, Dad, you'd have spanked us, and uh, they, let, they remind me of that quite often. Uh, but let me say this. I, I do believe that the best things that we can do is to nurture our, our marriage as husbands and wives, and, uh, and we have to understand there has to be a closeness with our spouse. Uh, there was a there was a uh, uh, something taken. I forget what they call it. They, you know, they, uh, the, the, my mind just slipped on me. You know, when they ask you questions, what is it? A what? Yes, a survey. Yeah, 
And here it said the question was asked this. It says, now on a scale from 1 to 10, listen to this real close. You know, I heard a long time ago that husbands only use one, men only use one side of the brain. And I'm beginning to believe that even more so. But anyway, uh, there was asked the question was this, how close are you to your spouse on a rating from 1 to 10? <clears throat> and this one had to happen. Amazing how many guys say, well, my relationship with my wife is an 8. But the, the, but the mates was not allowed to hear what the other one was saying. The man said, I, th- I think it's about an 8. The wife said, I think it's about a 2. And uh, the only way to do this is, uh, is on purpose. In other words, uh, the relationship that we're to have with another, one with another here, and it's, it, we have to, ha- have to work at it. And I, I'm telling you, fellas, this, and I wish that you could listen to me, and I believe most of you are. You know, I've often told people, say, I said, you need to date your wife every now and then. And I said, you know, take her out to eat or whatever the case may be. And I'm always getting on my son, Tony, about that. And when I talked to him and I said, well, did you take, did you take Connie out? He said, yeah, I took her down by, uh, by um, 7-Eleven, bought a, bought a hot dog. She wanted a cheese hot dog. So I took her down there and bought her a hot dog. But I made her take the hot dog home and then to get the cheese there. I'm not going to pay 15 or 20 cents for a piece of cheese. And, uh, but, uh, you know, but he was just joking about that, I'm pretty sure. But uh, what we have to realize, if we work as hard to try to stay together as we would look for somebody that we thought was going to fulfill our expectation and what we would expect from a relationship, if we would work as hard at that as trying to find someone like that, our marriage would be, would be something that would be secure. And so let me say this, marriages does not fall apart. Write that down. Marriages does not fall apart. They drift apart. They drift apart. Notice what, the, what was that in the so, uh, Song of Solomon again. It says, his mouth is most sweet. Now, he must use a lot of Tic Tacs. And uh, he is altogether lovely. This is my beloved, and this is my friend, O daughters of Jerusalem. There's three, cur- uh, three key words to unlock the door of a marital friendship. First of all, number one, companionship. What does companionship mean? It means being willing to spend time together. A lot of times uh, that we as men, we, we think, we begin to take advantage of the relationship. In other words, we want to spend more time with someone else than we do with our wives or with our husbands. And what happens, uh, what happens there, you see, wives share your husband's work. In other words, a lot of times I've heard people say, well, I don't, bring my, uh, I don't bring my work home with me. Well, if it's something that's on your heart and on your mind, you ought to be able to do that and share some thoughts. And, and I know at, at, we at, uh, at the house, uh, you know, Randy and uh, Rebecca, that we usually eat, eat together every night. And there's something I've noticed, and, uh, and it seems like Randy, he comes home and he talks about some things that's happening on the job, give names, and I, I don't think Rebecca's ever met any of these people he's talking about, but she knows them by name. And, uh, and it's always, you know, what, what, went, what went wrong on the work that day and so forth and so on. And let me say this, there has to be companionship. In other words, spend time together. Uh, make time for one another. I, I tell you what, if you make time for one another, take your wife out to McDonald's or whatever you have to do, it's cheaper than a divorce. 
And so we have to understand, we have to, we have, to have companionship. Then the, and then the second thing is conversation. Conversation, talking together. You see, we have to understand something, and, and, and I've read about this many, many times, and this message that I'm getting to you tonight is this, is that, uh, you know, we don't understand women are different from men. They really are, fellas, in case you say, well, I, I know they're different from me, but they're, they're, their makeup is different. They don't think the way we think. You know, I'm the kind of person, even if somebody calls me on the phone and they just want to chit-chat, I just can't do that. I mean, there's something about me. I, if you have something you want to say, and, and that's fine, but I just, my wife, she can get on the phone and she can talk to her brother and sister for hours, for hours. And about nothing. I, I just can't do it. Now, if you got something you want to say, say it. But uh, they just stand in there. I remember a lot of times her sister in Kentucky, they'd get to talking. And, I mean, she'd take the phone down and, and her ear would be red. I mean, she didn't do most, she did most of the listening, not talking. But I'm just saying that they're, just, they, they're different like that. But men, they want to get right down to the bare necessity. What do you want to talk about? And, but uh, there has to be that thing of companionship and then commitment. Uh, you see, try, try it together. In other words, take time. Take time to just listen sometimes. I've often said this. Sometimes, fellas, you may have went home, and when you went home, your wife is sitting there crying. I remember hearing this years ago when I was in Bible school. I said that uh, the, the folks who went to Bible, unless you've ever went to Bible school, being married with four children, you don't have an idea what I'm talking about. But anyway, uh, I went home, and I heard this in the, in the chapel time. I said this young fellow, he was there, and, and, uh, and uh, he was listening to the message, and the message got close to him, how he used to treat his wife and so forth and so on, and understand that, you know, she is the weaker uh, vessel and so forth and so on. So he said it really got to him. said he went forward and got some things right, and said he went home and, and his wife said she was there at the sink and she was washing dishes and the, uh, one of the, uh, the kids was hanging on to her screaming and hollering. The next one was doing this and the other. Said he just snuck up behind her and kissed her on the back of the neck. And she said, that's it. I quit. I'm going home. He said, what's wrong? He said, she said, now I can put up with a lot of things. I can put up doing that and having nice clothes and stuff to wear. I can do that. I can put up with the children here. He said, but I just cannot put up with you coming home drunk. <laughs> and, uh, and you know what? You know what the problem was, what we're talking about here? It's companionship, time together. We need to do that. We need to have a, we need to have a conversation, being able to talk to one another. And, and the days and time we live in, uh, folks, listen, there's more hollering than it is having a conversation. And uh, we, we have to understand something here. Uh, the, the, the word I want you to look at tonight is commitment. Commitment. Once you make that commitment, and I, and I, t I do tell young people this, I said, and when you stand before the, the, the people that's come to your wedding and you make a vow to God, to death do us part, that's exactly what that means. It's not until we get tired of one another. And, uh, and you know, we look... <laughs> A lot of times, my wife there, she has a picture up over top of her bed there of us when we were younger. And by the, when that time, I had blonde hair and, 
And, uh, you know, and I was a skinny guy and so forth and so on. Yeah, I did have hair, James. And it was blonde, too. And, uh, but, you know, we look at those pictures, and a lot of times it sort of gives us away. And we say, man, I tell you what, a lot has happened between now and then. Look at us now. But you know something? There has to be that commitment. By the grace of God, we're going to stick this thing out. We're going to do what's right. And it's a it's whole lot better to have these things in place where that relationship can last. And it has to be the, the thing of companionship, time together. There has to be time. And I wish I could talk to all young married couples and uh, see, because I went through those things and, and I, I didn't do it right. And, and by the way, when you don't do it right, that hurt lasts for a long, long time. When somebody else is more important to you than your wife or your husband. And I, I learned this when my wife had cancer back in 1987. Uh, that night when the doctor told me that she had cancer, she had ovarian cancer and uterine cancer and and that was not a good place to have cancer. And he said, but I did try to do everything right. And I said, I, when I did the surgery, I didn't spill any blood. And, but you know what I got to thinking about that night? How many times did I said something hateful to her? Every time I thought about that. How many times did I, did I hurt her feelings or make her cry? And, and I, you know what? The, I tell you what, the Lord broke me that night. As I was in the waiting room, waiting to, to, to go back in to see her, I called my brother-in-law and told him what the situation was. And I'm telling you what, I, I just broke down. And I, and I said, Lord, I, if you let her live, I'll do the best I can to, uh, to, to, to be right from now on with her. And, and, and listen, don't wait till something like that happens because you think, you may think in your mind, you know, well, everything's all right. You could ask most men, and they, you'd ask, how's everything at the house? And, well, they say, okay, we're doing okay, that she hasn't left me yet, and, and so forth and so on. But, you know, that's not the way that we should be. God has intended us to love one another, and not just for a little while, but to love each other. And you'll never miss them until you're afraid they're, they're going to be gone. And uh, I remember many, many, many nights uh, laying there with my wife and, and the moon would be coming through the window and I, and I couldn't go to sleep because I, I was going to make sure she was all right. And a lot of times I would even make sure she was breathing. You know, I'd get down and cause get down real close. A couple of times she's woke up and said, what are you doing? You know, but you know what? I, I was, I was scared to death. And uh, that changed my whole way of thinking about my wife. Uh, my children, my grandchildren will tell you now, my wife don't think so, but my grandchildren, my children tell you, you spoiled mama. Well, listen, I, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. I, I put her through a lot in our early marriage, and I didn't do things right. And I look back, and boy, if I'd have lost my wife, I, I wouldn't have never been the same. I know that. And so it has to be the thing of companionship and conversation, then commitment. By the grace of God, we're not going to let the devil split our family up because that's what he wants to do. You see, the first thing that God ever established was the home and the, uh, the home here because it's important. We have to understand if that's the first thing that God established, then it must be very important, that home life and how we to treat one another and so forth and so on. It never was the will of God when we get tired of one another to get a divorce 
And, 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 and by the way, the Bible said in the book of Matthew, the only, uh, I heard a guy tell me one time, the only thing you can get a divorce for is that of fornication. But you have to understand what fornication is. Fornification is a relationship before you're married. And when you commit a relationship after you're married, that's called adultery. In biblical times, the, the, they were, they were, the family would make a covenant between the two families that when your first daughter and my first son, they will marry one another. But if they came together and found out that she was not pure, then he could write her a bill of divorcement. The, the, the wedding would be over. It wasn't after we get married. But you think about this day and time that we're living in, that a divorce now is, is more uh, predominant than, than stand together. I mean, it used to be, you know, 10% of marriages that, 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 that ended in divorce. Then now it's 50-50. But now it's even greater than that. On the other side, it's like 60-40. And when somebody hears something like, well, how long you've been married? You say 57 years. That's why they say, really? Let me tell you one thing. It takes commitment. It takes commitment. It takes conversation. It takes companionship. And your wife should be the most important person in your life. And I, I, I learned it the hard way, fellas. And I'm just trying to tell you something that's going to help you today. And I, but I, see, this is what, when you read the Solomon, the Song of Solomon there, this is what you call real friendship that will continue to grow. You should, I remember years ago, anybody see that movie Shenandoah? Uh, Jimmy Stewart played in it. And uh, this guy wanted to marry Jimmy uh, Stewart's daughter, and he said, uh, do you like her? He said, no, I love her. He said, no, I didn't ask you that. I said, do you like her? And he said, well, yeah. But you see, he said that the difference in loving someone and liking someone. And we have to understand that what he's talking about here in the Song of Solomon is a true friendship. It's not just being married to, married to an individual. It's a friendship that should be there. The greatest friend in your life really should be your mate. Because listen, and I talk about this sometimes, and I don't bring up a lot of stuff about the ministry with my wife in comparison, but let me say this. When, when and I was just talking to a dear friend of mine here this past week, his church, they had a meeting, and they wanted him to step down from being the pastor of the church. He said that he went home and was telling his wife about it said they cry for two straight days. You see, it just didn't affect him. It affects the, her also. And when your mate is hurting and you love them like you should love them, it's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt you when you see them in the shape that, and break, breaking down. That's why I often tell people, listen, uh, if you have a problem, don't go to my wife and try to talk her into talking me into doing something because that's not her position. But I tell you what, when a, when a husband is hurting, when a preacher's hurting, I guarantee you if there's love in that home, the wife is going to be hurting too. And so we see here, uh, there's some things that we're to do, and if you are writing them down, uh, I can do it to, to lose respect. There's some things that we can do, fellows, to lose the respect of our mates. There's, I can do some things to regain her respect. And, and, and listen, it's just not opening the door for her. I've often said this, I think love is better felt than tell. I know that's not proper English, but I'm just saying, I would rather feel like someone loves me than somebody telling me because they can tell me anything. 
You see, and the same is true in reverse, not just for the, for the husband, but for the wife. You see, sometimes it's, it's some of the problems in the home was name calling. Where well, you're just like your mother. You're just like your dad. And what we begin to do is to try to compare them to somebody that maybe we don't even like. And, and uh, I heard a fellow one time say the, 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 the thing for uh, real happiness uh, is to see your mother-in-law's face on a milk carton. And, and, and you know, and, and so but what I'm trying to get is this, you know, well, you're just like, you're just like somebody else comparing them to someone else. And the names hurt. A names hurt. And the real problem is a lack of respect for that individual. And, and, you know, uh, some guys, I've heard some guys say, well, you know, you're not that slim girl I married, but yeah, you're probably not that slim guy she married either. You know, and we have to understand some things. And I'm just saying, if we would just think about what is being said here tonight in this verse of Scripture, when he talks, I don't know how long these individuals were together, but just listen to what it said. It said, his mouth is most sweet. In other words, I, just, I, I get all the sweetness I get from him. I don't have to look for somebody else. He's altogether lovely. In other words, she's saying he respects me. And I mean, he's lovely in his conversation. He's loving his commitment. He's loving it. He, he's just loving it in all ways. And he said, this is my, my, my beloved. This is my friend. Now, if I were to go around the room tonight and ask you this question, is your wife not only your spouse, but is she your best friend? We have to understand something. If we're going to have the right relationship, we should have as respect one for another. Your spouse should have a position of respect in your mind. That is your wife. A lot of times my wife, she has to correct me. She'll say, you, you know, you're talking to your wife. <laughs> and she reminds me a lot of times. That's a lot of times she'll say that, hey, you, you're talking to your wife. And, uh, and, but let me say this. Your, sp you, you, you know, your spouse is the only one you're supposed to have. Who can you talk to and, and you can have confidence in? And, and this ought to be that relationship there that we're so close that we can, we can talk to one another like you can to your best friend. And so their position should affect your disposition. In other words, how you feel towards that individual. You see, there's six areas of commitment that will help build a mutual respect. I'm going to give them to you right now. The first one I talked to you about before was a commitment of sacrifice. The Bible said, husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Think about what is being said. Husbands, love your wives. He said, now that's a command, love your wife. And he said, listen, he's talking about that thing, of, uh, uh, love your wives. I just forgot now the rest of this. As Christ loved the church and gave himself. Okay, so what is my position? If I had to love my wife, I'm to be willing to give myself. Now listen, we're not, we, we're not always as Christians faithful to love the Lord like we should. And, and, and we, as, we as, as believers and husbands and wives that, that are saved, we ought to love our wives like Christ loved the church. 
Now he didn't, and again, he didn't say children. He said, didn't say husbands love your children. He says, husbands love your wife. In other words, we're to respect her. We're to make our children understand that that is your mom. I used to wrestle all the time with my boys. I did. They was always wrestling. On one occasion, Tony grabbed me, and I grabbed him by the finger like that, and he pulled it away from me, and I broke his finger right there in that knuckle. And, and uh, you know, and I did. I felt terrible about that. And, but you know what? I'd said that to say this. Listen, I love my children, but my wife is a different types of love. You see, there's different types of love. When a, when a parent loves their children, it's a different type of love that they have for the wife. And we have to understand there is an Arius love. That's the love that a, that a husband is to have for the wife. It's not a fielo love. It's not an agape love, but it's an Arius love in the, in the Greek. In other words, that is part of me. And he said, now, it talks about how that, that the husband is to love their wives and, 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 and respect them for who they are. A lot of times, there's a lot of insecurity in a marriage because a lot of times the husband, he tries to put the wife down to make her feel like she's not up to par for him. In other words, boy, did you get a blessing when you got me. And, and, and we have to understand that that's, that's, that should never feel like that. Or my husband or my wife loves the children more than they love me. The, the love that we're to have for each other is, is not the same love that we're to have for our children. And so what happens here? The Bible said that, listen, it talks about this friendship that we're to have. And it talks in John chapter number 15, when I preached on that not too long ago, that, listen, greater love had no man than this, that a man laid in his life for his friends. My wife is more than a friend to me. And a greater love had no man than this, he laid down his life for his friends. I should be willing to lay down my life for my wife. And by the way, we have to understand some things here. We should be willing to sacrifice some things that, we don't really want to do, but because she is your, I, I'm helping you ladies tonight, because she is your wife, you ought to do some things extra for it. Now, my wife, she tells me this, and I know why she tells me this. She said, I can fix better coffee than she can. And she says, well, won't you fix us some coffee tonight? And sometimes I'll come back and say, hey, why don't you fix us some coffee tonight? And bad move. But, uh, but, but I go in there and I fix the coffee and she, she swears by it. She says that my coffee is better than hers. I said, the reason, honey, and I'm trying to give her a little hint. I said, the reason, honey, my coffee is better than yours is because I fix it with love. You say, boy, that sounds mushy. Well, I don't care how it sounds. I get some kisses sometimes for that. But I'm just saying, that, listen, that's a sacrifice. Uh, you know, a lot of times I, I, I help my wife. I hate this. Fold clothes. I hate clothes. I mean, but she said, hey, you don't like fold clothes, don't get them dirty. Uh, but, you know, I sit in there and I help her fold clothes. And, and yeah, fellas, I've got dishwater hands and so forth and so on. And I may not be henpecked, but I do have my barnyard ways. And I'm just saying this is this, because why do I do that? Because I want her to know that I love her. Why do I know that? You see, and and, and that Rebecca's sitting back there and she tells me all the time that I spoil mama. Well, that's what I want to do. 
It's not something I mean, and I and a lot of times I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm rambling, but a lot of times you know I get a, I got an ice cream on the way home today, and I'm sitting there watching her eat that thing. You know, it reminds me of a little kid. She's sitting there eating ice cream, and you know you think about those. Remember when you was coming along, and if your dad had a pickup, you'd let them, the kids stand up on the seat, and they'd give them ice cream. That's just how I feel about it. And sometimes I'll just laugh about it. Why do I do that? It's because I love her. Because I love her, and I mean, she's 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 everything to me, and and she's also often said, well, if I if something would happen to me and I die, I said, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess you'd get no, I won't get married again. Because I, if I if I, of course I'd be able to, but here's what I'm saying: I could never give someone else the love that I love her. I just couldn't do that. It'd be unfair to that individual. And and, and I couldn't. I know. And I just I told her I said, if anything ever happens to you. I'll never get married again, and I won't. that would be a one-time deal for me. So let me say this. Uh, we, we need to share things be, and, and keep the promise that you made, forsaking all others. Anybody ever had that in your marriage vows? Forsaking all others. And if I have to forsake whoever I have to forsake, that's what I'm going to do because I made that vow before God. And so the, the, this, let me, then notice, I want you, I read some letters from Dear Abby. Anybody hear about Dear Abby in the, in the newspaper? Listen to this. Dear Abby, I'm a 54, I mean, Dear Abby, I'm a 42-year-old man with three wonderful children. They're all grown and in their 20s. Yes, we had, a young, we had them, they're young. I've been married now for 23 years and things have been good between my wife and me. About a year ago, my wife, who is also an accountant, decided she wanted to try real estate. She took the class, got the license, and now she sells real estate part-time. She's doing so well that, that, at it that she plans to quit her accounting job and concentrate on real estate full-time. My problem is I've been having empty nest syndrome. Now my wife is working every weekend. On weeknights, I sit and watch television by myself while she works away on her computer. On the weekends, I try to keep busy doing jobs around the house, cleaning, but I'm bored and lonely and depressed. I mentioned to my wife, she says I should find a hobby. Then he said, Abby, I don't want a hobby. He says, I want, I want to be with my wife. So absolutely loves her. She absolutely loves her new job. She talks about it constantly. I don't want to ask her to quit the job because she would resent me for it. And no, I don't want to sell real estate with her. Any suggestion? Miserable in Michigan. What he's saying here, listen, I don't need something else. I need that close companionship. And what happens, remember, we begin to drift away. We begin to drift away. Other things become number one in our lives. But we must stay on guard, allow, not allow this to happen to us, fellows. Commitment to a sacrifice, commitment to closeness, and, and number one, commitment to being honest. Psalms 27, I mean Proverbs 27. Proverbs 27, verse number six. Faithfulness are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. What he's talking about here, this is a great verse in the Word of God. Some people sugarcoat everything. Sugarcoat everything. 
they gloss over the truth. They say what, what you want them to say. But down deep inside of them, they're not showing that. Disrespect. Disrespect for their mates. Disrespect the way they dress. Disrespect the way they look. Disrespect because maybe after having five or six children, they put on a couple pounds away. And let me say this. How would we talk to a stranger? Some people talk to a stranger better than they would to their, to their spouse. They don't make comments like this. Let me say some things. You know, in, in pulpits today, there's preachers that will say what people want to hear. But sometimes when the rubber hits the road and, uh, and you get on their case, if you want to say it that, even this thing of marriage and this, and, well, uh, preacher, you just don't know how, you just don't know how the relationship is at my home. Well, how are you working on against that relationship? It's not going to happen automatically. I can promise you that. How do you treat your wife? How do you talk to your wife? Would you talk to, you, to a, a co-worker like that? Would you put that co-worker down? Would you say hateful things? And Listen, words do hurt. You know that old saying, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me? That's a lie. You know, I, there's been times that, you know, I... I, I I'd rather somebody to say to hit me than to say things to me to hurt my feelings. But it's so easy when we get when we begin to drift apart. That love was not there. That like the Bible talks about in the, the church of Ephesus there in the Revelation says everything you've did you're doing everything right. You, it, but he said you left your first love. And I'm telling you one thing, fellows, when you lose that first love, it's hard ever to get it back. And so what happens, that's that thing of, uh, of disrespecting your mates, talking about them, and, and, and don't ever get in a conversation. Don't ever call your wife the old lady, and don't call your husband the old man. That's your wife, that's your husband. Treat them with respect, because listen, if you're going to make this commitment to stay together to death, do your part, you better have, be willing to, to make some changes in your life, changes in your life. And by the way, there are three different kinds of liars. Have you ever met, well, have you ever heard about husbands that are liars? <laughs> I mean, it really, they are. And I'm going to give you the three. First of all, there's that born liar, if you're writing this down. I mean, they're compulsive liars. They formed a habit of constantly deceiving. That's what liars are. It's deception. And almost subconscious power that holds on to them that, that they can't get the, the victory over. They lie because it serves a purpose in their lives. And a lot of times we blame our mates for that. You know, it's your fault. We don't want to take responsibility. I reacted towards you because of the way that you reacted towards me. I say hateful things to you because you said something hateful to me. I run you down because you run me down. That's not the way that a marriage is to be. Again, I wish I could have set Taylor down and Bubba down. And, and, and listen, I'm not, I, I, our prayer should be we should pray for these young people, especially, I mean, they, they, they don't realize that reality is going to set in pretty soon. It really is. When you have to pay your rent and you collect a bill, you have to buy food, you have to buy cars, and you have to buy gas, you have to buy clothes, and pretty soon that you look at the check and it's not, you have more month than you have money. 
that could cause a real problem with young people. Unless you've made that commitment, I guarantee you, you're gonna, it's gonna, it's, you're gonna begin to drift away, slowly drift away. It's that born liar. They lie when it serves a purpose. Sometimes even when it doesn't serve a purpose. You see, it's the easy spot to be born a liar during, during the, pa- the dating process. You think about it when you were dating. <laughs> you know, you, most of the time when you were dating, if you was going to go out on a date with a girl, uh, uh, you'd always make sure you smelled good. I mean, you know, you had all that brood on and all that other stuff. And, and uh, you know, I don't know what the people use now, but... Uh, uh, but I'm just saying, you smelled good. You was all shaved up, nice clothes all the time. And, and but then after you get married, and you ladies, you know, before you were married, you went and make sure everything was in the right place, the hair was in the right place, and so forth and so on. And you smelled real sweet. And but, but after the marriage is, you wake up the next morning and you look at one another and say, oh, and it's, all of a sudden, it sets in. I didn't know their breath could smell like that. Listen to what it says. His mouth is most sweet. You know, he, evidently he, he had a lot of Tic Tacs or whatever. That, you know, but uh, he always smelled good. He's sweet. And by the way, he's altogether lovely. I've never seen him with his hair messed up. Never seen him coming in, you know, smelling like an uh, old boar hog, you know. Uh, it, uh, he was, man, I mean, he's altogether lovely. And by the way, he's my beloved. You see, people really talk like that. Sound like to me something's going to happen. Be good's going to happen here in a minute. The Bible said, "Listen, he not only he's my best friend. I wonder how many wives that's listening to me tonight could say, my husband is my best friend.' Well, I wonder how many husbands could say, my wife is my best friend. I mean, her mouth is most sweet." Sometimes I tell my wife, I said, now if I get, if I fix coffee, I'm going to get kisses right. And she lies, yeah, until she gets her coffee. She says that uh, she forgot. I didn't. (laughs) But, uh, you know, but you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with talking to your wife like that. That's the way, that's why, that's how you got her in the beginning. You talk real sweet to her. She thought you were something special. He's altogether lovely. I mean, buddy, I, I found the one that God wanted me to have, I believe. And by the way, uh, he, he's my best friend. How many wives could say that tonight? My husband is my best friend. How many, how many husbands could say my wife is my best friend? We have to understand that, listen, there's people that are born liars. And then there's some people that is band-aid liars. Band-aid liars. What is that? They try to fix the situation to get out of trouble. It's like it's like they say something that will hurt the other one's feelings. Instead of going to them and asking for forgiveness and and be sincere about it, we will buy them something. It's like, you, you know, you cast it out there and you bring the fish in slowly, 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 slowly. And then once they get back to where we want them, it'll happen again. Because now all we have to do is, is to, when we have this problem, 
is just do something nice for them to reel them back in. And that's the way a lot of marriages is. Talk to them like a dog, hurt their feelings. You go in the house and they're crying. Well, what's wrong with you? Nothing. Nothing. Well, what are you crying about? Nothing. You know what? It's probably you've hurt their feelings. And it's easy to hurt. I'd rather somebody smack me than hurt my feelings. I've said that already. But you know what? We have to understand and realize that the, the person that you married, they don't expect, they expect that from the world. They expect that from people on the outside, but they don't expect that from the one that's supposed to love them and care about them. That's that band-aid liar, trying to fix the situation to get out of trouble. When the pressure is on, that is a band-aid liar. And then <laughs> there's that protector liar. Now, what are you talking about? Lying about finances. Now, I've got, got all this down tonight. Lying about the finances. When I get ready to do something, most of the time, and I did, I, it took me a while to get this, because I would go ahead and I'd make some kind of, I, I bought a car one time and sold it before I, got, before I even got tags on it. I, I didn't tell my wife I was going to do that. should have done that. Because, you see, her money is my money. My money is her money. Well, what we did when we, uh, everything that's, that is mine is half hers. And everything that's hers is all hers. But I know, but what I'm saying is this, it, it, it shouldn't be that way. You know, my wife, I shouldn't, anytime my wife said, you got any money? I, sometimes I just hand her my billfold. You say, you trust your wife with your billfold? Yeah. Because, see, it's not just my money. It's her money. It's our money. And that's the way we looked at it. And, and my wife should know uh, what I owe. Because, listen, I don't want, I don't want uh, you know, something spring, somebody spring something on her after I'm gone. I bought something, didn't let her know, and anybody know about it. Now she's got to pay that debt off. And we have to understand this. It, it, listen, some people can't bear to let the spouse know the hard truth. It's pride. There, you know, I've, I've tried to go through a lot of things that causes uh, division in the home. Try to go across. What is it causes uh, a lot of marriages to not to succeed? I think a lot of times it's with pride. I'm not going to let my wife know that we're in trouble financially. And my wife and I know an individual real close. Her husband took out a uh, mortgage on the home. She didn't even know that. And when they divorced, and when they were going through the divorce, the people came and wanted the money. She thought all along that the house was paid for. But it wasn't. So she had to get out of the home that they had been in for years and years and raised their children in because he had too much stinking pride to admit to her that he made a mistake, he made it a loan against the house, and, and the, th the project he was going to go into, he, didn't, he wasn't able to finish the project, and so now their house is up for sale. The children and her have to get out. That should never be like that. My wife, I want her to know everything. She knows about everything I have. She knows that, that you know, most of the time I think she knows where it's at because I want her to know. I don't know. I might not make it home one day. 
And I want her to know, listen, I, 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 and we got insurance. And it cost, insurance anymore for, for when you get older, it costs a mint. But I don't want to leave her one day with nobody to take care of her. I know Rebecca and Randy, they, because I can't pay attention to Randy, but uh, 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 Rebecca and Randy is a promise never to put us in the nursing home. But every now and then he reminds me that he's going to put me in the nursing home one day. But, uh, <clears throat> but you know what? I don't want her to have to suffer. I don't want her to have to go out and get a job. I don't want her to have to, to do. I love her too much for that. And I want to protect her. And that's the way it should be. It costs a lot of money, but listen, in the end, I don't want to have to put her in a situation where she has to do something that she should never have to do. We're to be the protectors of the home. We're to be the protectors of, and listen, the Bible makes it very plain that the husband, he is to be the, he is to be the, the priest of that home. He's the, he's, the, he's the one that makes the spiritual decisions at home. And a lot of times, listen, we do things without even talking to our wives about that and what and 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 they should be if i listen to my wife sometimes i wouldn't be in some situations that i'm in she tells me you really don't need that but i can figure out a way that, that i really need it you know if i need a new gun i, I begin talking i begin to pout well i can't do this or that and the other because i just don't have the type of gun that's needed to take that animal down and i, I just need that i need that we come up with all kinds of excuses don't we some of you fellows are awful quiet tonight. Uh, but I, I'm trying to help you tonight. And, and I just, if you haven't heard anything, listen to this. You love your wife like Christ loves the church. And you will not have any problem with her being submissive to you. She knows that everything you do for her, do, is for her benefit too. It's for her benefit. And when you, when you love someone like that, that relationship will grow. But, it, but you know, it, it, we have to realize, listen, God has, has when, when you say you do, again, it's not just until you get tired of them. It's until death do its part. And a lot of marriages today is hurting. I mean, Christian marriages. Because a lot of times, fellas, we believe and understand, well, you know, where is she going to go now? My wife, you know, now she's she's 55, and now I'm 76, and and uh, you know she can never, uh, you know, she she can't find another man. I heard a story in finishing this. There was a there was a 78 year old man that some women in a nursing home molested that man. Now he was old and ugly, but I tell you one thing, there was some attraction to him. And just because a person, you, you may not think that, that person would be desirable by someone else, but let me tell you something. There's some guys out there, I mean, they're near ugly as you can get, and, they, and you know, they'll just be willing to really settle with anything. But I'm just saying this tonight. Protect your marriage. Commitment, sacrifice. Best friend. If you put these things in, in your marriage, I guarantee you, it'll last. If you respect that individual, this is my wife. My wife reminds me of that. I'm your wife. And sometimes that's good she reminds me because I sometimes forget. Remember, a man only uses half of his brain. Could you imagine what we could get away with if we could use all of it? You know, but no. And let me say this, fellas. Spend, spend time 
because once they're gone, you say, man, I just wish I hadn't said that. And once you get that news from the doctor, well, it doesn't look good, and I don't think they're going to make it, then that's when it changes. Yeah, I tell you what, that night that she, they told me that, I honestly thought that I was going to die. I did. You say, well, preacher, what did you do? I bawled. I got to crying so much, and it was, I had so much pressure on me, and I didn't think I was like that, that my nose started bleeding. The doctor told me, he said, if your nose hadn't started bleeding, you would have had a stroke. And from that night, I said, Lord, I don't, and have I always kept that, uh, that, that commitment? Not always. There's been times I've said things to my wife that I shouldn't have said. But I'm usually the one that goes back and makes up. I say, I'm sorry. There's nothing wrong with being saying you're sorry. And I'm just saying, way to love them. And uh, especially, I, I don't know how many people got married when they were young in here, but you know the Bible said to love the wife of your youth. You're to keep the wife of your youth. Stay with it. By the way, ladies, it's hard to train another man. And fellas, it's hard to train another woman. And uh, it ought to be that I don't think nobody, no one could take the place of my wife what I put her through over the last 57 years. And you know what? But she stuck with me. She stuck with me. Why? Let me tell you why. Because my mouth is sweeter than, <laughs> and he's altogether lovely. He's my beloved, and he's my friend. Has it always been like that? Nope. But if you can learn from mistakes, it's not bad. But don't make the mistake that you think that they'll always be there. Because the Lord could take them home at any time. I've been to funerals before and preached funerals, and I've seen people drag the casket upside downwards, wishing they hadn't said that last word. And someone said last night, we're talking to Caleb, be sure you kiss them goodnight. Do you, do you always do that, preacher? No. No. The fact of the matter is, my wife has put a sign over back at, right over there, always kiss me goodnight. I don't always hear you. He did that. But I'm just saying this. We ought, we ought, to, we ought to be, it's, understand, that's, that's your best friend. I can, I can tell my wife things, and I say something like, honey, don't tell nobody. She said the biggest problem is you're going to tell everybody because she does. She can keep a secret. She really can. But you know what? She's my best friend. She really is. Hey, do you, I just love spoiling her. I give her anything she wants. All she's got to do is just mention it. Am I right? I mean, all she's got to do is say, well, you know, I like to have this, and I'm going to do the best I can to get it. But you know what she wanted out of me more than all those gifts? Me. I could shout her if all the gifts... Bought all the things, but all she's ever wanted and all the time was me. That commitment, that, that love that I should have for her, that's all she wanted. Fellas, I try to buy it, it don't work. What, you see, better, love is better felt than tell. Amen. Let's bow in prayer. Father, we do thank you. I'm going to thank you most of all for my wife.
I've put her through a lot in the last 57 years, and Lord, I want the rest of my life to be with her, to be a time that, Lord, that I want to share her with gifts. I want to let her know that I love her, and I want her to know that that uh, there's no one else has has ever been or will there ever be anyone that can take her place. And Lord, I pray that God, you'd help us as husbands to try to understand, try to be patient. The Bible teaches we to be patient. The Bible teaches we're not to scold our wives. And Lord, I pray that we take these truths to heart tonight and let that individual that we call our wife or our husband uh, be like the, the Song of Solomon talks about how lovely they are, and this is my friend. And Lord, I pray that, Lord, you'd help our homes today. The devil is attacking the homes like never before. And Lord, I do pray that we take these truths to, that you've given us in your word tonight and apply them. Don't let pride keep us from saying, honey, I'm sorry, I did wrong, and I want you to forgive me. Help us never let pride do that. And I pray tonight, Lord, that you would strengthen the homes of your people, your children. Help us, Lord, to raise children that will be committed to a lifelong relationship. It won't be something that they just, it's, it's not important. It is important. Our children should see that we love one another and, and, and that we care for one another. And they will always have, to have, have that mom and dad in that home because children today are living in fear. All across America today, there's children that has gone, there has not, not only did their mom and dad go through divorce, but they went through it too. They feel guilty. Maybe I did something that broke the home up. Children today are suffering because of the decisions that we make as adults. And Lord, I pray for the families, even, not, not even in this building tonight, but Lord, we, we won't miss them till they're gone. And I pray now, God, that you would just, Lord, bless us. Help us, Lord, to, to live the life that you have us to live as husband and wives and help us to respect our wives and love our wives and, 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 and praise our wives. And I pray now, God, you'd help us in Jesus' name because we're so apt to forget about the message even tonight. But Lord, if we would just take these things into consideration and make them part of our lives, the divorce rate in Christianity would, would, would plummet. And so, Lord, I pray now, Lord, you'd help us. Help us when we fail. Help us, Lord, to be men that will say, I'm sorry. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord bless you. <clears throat>